ELC Radio. Hey family, what's going on? This is Pastor Cruz Ramirez with Abundant Living Faith Center from El Paso, Texas. This is the podcast that's going to help you love God and lift and others. others. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. So today, I heard from Pastor Charles that uh, this morning, I was listening to him, and he shared, so if this is wrong, we'll blame him, but uh, he shared this today, that it is the 100th anniversary of Father's Day, 100 years of celebrating Father's Day, and um, Father's Day is celebrated in 40 different countries, but you know what? How many know it? It it can't touch Mother's Day. Come on. They be talking about Mother's Day from like March on. Macy's has a Mother's Day sale that begins right after Christmas. <laughs> you know, shopping, they'll tell you that Mother's Day is an incredible, incredible time for uh, retail because everybody's out buying something for their moms. But did you know Father's Day doesn't even show up on retail? Doesn't even show up. I think the only place it shows up is like Lowe's <laughs> and Home Depot. That's right. I'm seriously, that's, it's, it's, just a, it's just a different mentality. And I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for us. I'm just telling you that's what it is. Now, mothers should be honored. Mothers should be pampered and stuff. But did you know if you have a father in your life, you need to also be mindful of how important he is. And guys in this church, you need to understand your role of a father is, is one of the highest callings that you can have in the earth. And I'm going to prove that to you today. And those of you that aren't fathers yet, you got time to get ready because fatherhood takes preparation. That's why there should be steps to becoming a father. You should get a wife before you have babies. Now understand, I'm not making judgments. Y'all know I'm cool with that. I'm not like, you know, trying to make anybody feel bad. That's not my heart to do this. But guys, if we don't raise a standard, And if we don't raise God's standard, then we're in trouble. So if you've had a a baby and you're not married, please, I'm not here to make you feel bad. But I'm just here to elevate the standard that God has and tell you why that we should be going that route. Is this okay? Can we have big boy church today? Nobody's going to leave here hurt or, you know, mad. And, well, they made me feel like I. No, listen, you didn't do it that way. That's cool. All right. That's fine. We still love you. You're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in the house. There's grace. But we got to tell this next generation that there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Is this okay? I want my kids to know a right way and a wrong way. Now, if you didn't do it that way, don't be condemned. In Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. But you can be the first one to go, hey, man, I I messed up. I didn't do it that way. Amen. Amen. And there's a lot of things in my life I didn't do the right way. And y'all know my testimony. So I don't get up here as if I've done everything right. I have not. But I've made a choice from here on that I'm going to obey God's word in that way. Is this all right? So we've got to understand that being a father, there's a process to it. Okay? 
Because it takes knowledge, it takes information to learn to get there. So there are things that should happen before you get there. Amen? Ooh, we got real quiet in this Baptist church today. That's all right. This is, a, this is Father's Day, so I'm going to honor you. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that. Let's look at Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. And because there's information and knowledge needed to be a father and to be a man, I want to give that to you today. And uh, if you're a lady in here and you say, well, man, I guess I'm just going to you know, watch the rest of the World Cup from my phone, <laughs> you're missing it because I'm going to help you too because you need to know uh, how important men are. Amen? Because your mom taught you, Miha, you don't need a man. And if you subscribe to that, you ain't never going to have a man or keep a man. Got real quiet up in here. Okay. Malachi chapter four, verse six, it says this, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now, what's significant about this scripture is significant because these are the last words of the Old Testament. After this, God didn't speak for 400 years. It was it. Boom. This was his last words. And how many of you know last words mean something? Amen. When somebody's on their deathbed and they give you them last words, those are the words you remember. There's value on those words, okay? If you've ever seen a movie and whatever the, guy, the hero is, is and as he's passing away, whatever are his last words, you better understand that those are going to be words that are important. And so Malachi 4, 6, the last words that God gives the house of Israel were these, that I'm going to come and I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, unless the earth is hit with a curse is what it says there. Now, understand this, Isaiah chapter 3, and you could read this in your own time, God uh, is pronouncing uh, and, and, and speaking that a curse is going to come on Israel. And the first part of that curse in Isaiah chapter 3 says, you will know this curse because the first thing that will leave Israel will be the mighty man and the warrior. See, when you take men out of their position, a curse comes in. Men are valuable. Men are important. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Amen. Now, if you're a woman, it shouldn't make you weird to say amen to that. Because, see, the world puts battle of the sexes. That's demonic. We should elevate women as we elevate men. Amen? In order to lift up women, what the world does is they tear down men. In order to lift up men, what they'll do is they'll tear down women. Amen? So the world tears down one to lift up another. That is not the heart of God. When you read the Bible, we're better together. I can't fulfill my destiny without my wife. And my wife cannot fulfill hers without me. And we live in a society where nobody wants to need nobody. You got to get rid of that. Tell your neighbor right now, I need you. But don't say it's so creepy. I saw some of y'all. I saw you. You didn't have to lick your lips when you said that. I saw you. But I was trying to help a few single people. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Message was received. All right. We need people. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why I said earlier, when you were raised in a home where your mom tried to touch, you don't need no man. Listen, she's wrong. She's wrong. It's okay to need a man. It's okay to need a woman. Amen? Amen. Now, I know, you know, some people are too needy. I'm not talking about being needy. Like, you can't be happy without a man. Something's wrong with you if you can't be happy without a man. I mean, we're awesome, but come on. 
you should be able to get up in the morning and be good and happy without a man. But a man should come into your life once you're happy and enhance you the same way a woman does a man. So I understand when we say, well, I don't need it. Yeah, you don't need it to be happy, but you will need one to fulfill destiny. You will need one. Amen. That's why we've got to be careful of listening to society because there are things that society calls normal that are not God's ways. Are you guys tracking with me today? Like, you know, and again, I'm not throwing stones at nobody, but, you know, divorce is very normal nowadays. Okay, now, please hear me. Stay with me. I I don't ever get up here and be like, oh, listen, if you've been divorced, it's okay. It's okay. There's grace for that. You're covered. That does not define you. I got grace for, for people that have been divorced because, listen, if it wasn't for God, my wife and I wouldn't have made it this far. So I got no right to look down on anybody that's been through that. It happens. It's normal in society right now. But we've got to be careful that we don't take on society's norms when God has called us to live by his word. Can I get a good strong amen? Amen. And so we've got to understand that we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay. And so getting back to my text here, uh, men are important. And the last words that that God gave Israel was, hey, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Now, we know he's talking about here the mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus's whole mission was to restore the heart of the father to the world. So that we would understand that, you know, he's, he's looking at us to get his kids back. And his mission was also to get the people of the world to desire God the Father. That's why we're all here. We heard the message of the gospel and we left our wicked ways. Come on, somebody. We left the club. We left the weed. Well, some of us did. We left that world because we want Papa God. We left sleeping around. We left living like the devil because we want Papa God. Isn't that what we did? Amen. Raise your hand. Isn't that what you did? Tell everybody. That's what I did. Yeah. Because that's what the message of Jesus Christ was, to get the children back focused on the father and to get the father's heart to the children. That's what this whole thing's about. I've told you before, as we've been in this series of kings and queens, that it's about a father's love coming back to his children. But it's also about the children looking back at the father and desiring his love more than we desire the things of the world. And you can't have both because there's only one throne on your heart and God ain't sharing it with nobody. It can't. It's just not. You know, God is a, the, the Bible's very clear that God changes not that he's a jealous God. He ain't sharing the throne. It ain't God. You can have the throne on Sundays, specifically between 10 and 12. But then I'm giving it back to my favorite football team. But then I'm giving it back to my weed, my alcohol problem, my addiction. But you can have it back on Sundays. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. We have to give our heart to the Father. And so this is a very significant last word. And why is it so significant? It's because fathers are important. How do we know this? Because it is how God the Father has chosen to present himself to mankind. Did you know the Bible says that man and women were created in the image of God? He said, no, they need to understand the order of things. And when he wanted to present himself to us, he said, it's Father God. Amen? Are you guys seeing this? Now, again, that's not a slap against women. It's roles. It's identity. It is order. And so we've got to restore the value back to men. You don't know this, but most of us men, we battle with our identity. 
Men are very fragile in our egos. We have to encourage ourselves every day because Satan hates men. And he wants us to feel less than. He wants us to feel like we can't fulfill the job that God has called us to fulfill. And this is why in America today, with all the suicide that we're seeing hitting the news and all these things, did you know it's men that are the ones committing 80% of the suicides in America today? Three times as much as women. That's a problem. And it's usually men where we can't see what they're going through, their silent struggle. But what is that evident of? It's evident that men are fighting a battle within their minds. And society today has gotten involved in that battle and they begin to elevate women, which is not a bad thing. We're for that. If you look at our staff, we've got more women on staff than we do men. And I'm proud of that. And that's good. And if, if you're a, a woman, man, there is a place for you to fulfill your call of God in this house. Amen. And I can't speak for every house out there because there's a lot of churches that still believe some weird things about genders and stuff. But in this one, you have a place at the table. But we've got to elevate and, and, and create in men this understanding that they're of value. And so that's what God, I believe, is, is doing also in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. But right now, I, I can't be ignorant to the fact that father means something different to every one of us in the room. For some of us, father is like Bigfoot, the abominable snowman. We've heard he exists, but we never saw him in his natural habitat. Some of us can laugh at that, but for others, it's a very, very true reality. And there's others of us that know our father and he is nothing like what you want to be like, nothing that you would emulate. And you've even made a vow to yourself, I will never be like my father. Now we've got others that had a father, but you know, he wasn't really there and he let you down and all these kinds of stuff. So we've got to define what it is a father is. And last Father's Day, I did something similar. And I want to give you some different characteristics of what a father is. Okay. And this is going to help you. How is it going to help you? Because if you're a father, listen, as I said before, you need information to be a good one. You need an impartation from the spirit of God to be a man of God, a father of God. So this is what we're, we're going after today. If you're a woman and if you're a single woman, you need to understand the only person you should marry is somebody that has father abilities and, and potential. Can I get an amen on that? We got too many women marrying boys. We've got to put a stop to that. Ladies, you've got to look for the right thing when you're picking a husband. Okay? You just want biceps and good teeth and a good car. Listen, that's only going to get you so far, okay? Don't make me start rhyming on you up here. <laughs> you need some qualities, some characteristics that need to be in their life. Young men, these are things you've got to rise up to because the world tells you a man is something and that's not what it is. The world has a view of what a man is and that kind of view will always let you down, okay? Because being a man is more about, it's, it's about more than just being tough. So let's look at some characteristics of what a father is. And there's many, but I'm just going to give you four today because some of y'all want to go home and watch the World Cup. Amen. And others of you want to go out and have a good meal because your family is taking you out. Right. Amen. No, y'all, your families ain't taking y'all out. 
There's a dad here going, they're taking me out, but I'm paying. So, you know. <laughs> so let's look at this. Characteristics of what a father is. Number one, I want you to write this down. A father is a protector. Now, when we think about protectors, we think about fighters, okay? And it's more than that. But although protecting your family as a father is important. Uh, I'll never forget. I mean, I had been serving God for almost about 10 years by the time I met my wife. And in that 10-year period, man, I just really went after God. The old man was in the process of dying. The new man was living. And I was in ministry and preaching and all these things wrapped in that identity. And I had not wanted to choke somebody out in about 10 years. Seriously. And then one day, my wife and I, she probably doesn't even remember this, we went to the grocery store together. I had just got married or we were still dating, I think. And we walked into this store and some dude just with disregard to me, started checking my girlfriend or my wife out as we walked by. I could see the men in here going, oh, he shouldn't have did that. And I tell you, something hit me. Like I lost my salvation for a moment. The old me just came back to life. And I remember stopping and going, hey, what you looking at, fool? Pastor Sergio, that was Pastor Sergio. (laughs) Up to that point, I walked in the store. God bless you. Hallelujah. This dude did that. I was like, what? Sagged my pants real quick. No, I didn't do all that. I didn't do that. But I'll never forget it because it scared me for a moment. And then my wife's like, babe, what are you doing? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. But I was ready to choke this fool out. And I, and I went home and I struggled with it for a moment because I said, God, I thought that guy is dead. But you know what? That's natural. That's natural. Because God has called us to be protectors. Amen? Now, we got to get it under control because you'll catch a case. And you can't go before the judge and say, well, judge, this is just natural. This fool right here was checking him out, checking my wife out, and you know. So I had to do what I had to do. No, no, no. You're going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail. But I'll never forget reconnecting with that thing in me for my wife. And it messed me up for a minute. I went home. I was like, man, what is this thing? Because that's what we are as men. We're we're protectors. Uh, A few years ago, I remember when we first moved to Midtown. And Midtown is, is crazy, especially on Friday and Saturday night, especially around the house where we're staying. And my wife probably remembers this. My kids might remember this, too. It was like 2 a.m. in the morning. The bars were just closing. And our bedroom is in the back of the house. And I'm out cold. And my wife wakes me up. Babe, babe, there's somebody trying to get in the back door of the house. Well, I just jumped up out of bed, okay? I didn't have my glasses or my contacts on. So I'm going through the back. My hair is crazy. I'm just in some shorts and who knows what. And I, 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 I hear the back door shaking and I just clicked over. And I, I, I looked around. It was, the, it was the laundry room. I looked around. There was nothing in there except a plastic water bottle. <laughs> and it was empty. I looked around and I grabbed that thing and I opened the door and I raised it like this. I said, fool, what are you doing here? And it was this drunk guy. He wandered into our backyard 
thought he was going into his house. And he was like, oh, hey, what are you doing in my house? I said, man, get out of here. And he, he ran down. And I had the whole time holding an empty water bottle. I had it up like this, too. And then, and then, you know, he goes, what? You know, I said, I said, babe, call the cops right now. So she calls the police, and I'm holding him down here. I got him at bay like this. He's like, ah. He was drunk because he goes, man, what are you holding a water bottle? What you going to do with that, you know? And so I held him back in the backyard with an empty water bottle. Because you're not going to get in here and touch my family. Amen? My wife remembers that. And when it was out, my adrenaline is flowing. I don't know what I was going to do to him with this water bottle, but I was going to smack him up. I don't know. So the police come and everything. We went inside. My wife's like, do you know you were out there with an empty water bottle? Didn't even dawn on me. Didn't even dawn on me. Why? Because that protector thing kicks in. And all the men said. So these things, is, it's one aspect of it, that we're protectors but there's more than physical protection. Do you protect your family's well-being? And ladies, you got to understand this about a man because when his protective nature kicks in, it gets on your nerves. When he says, who you texting? Who's that? Who's that you're talking to? You're like, shut up. You, you, you need to chill. See, he's not being nosy. He's protective. Amen. I'm helping somebody. It's being protective. That's why when a father's in the home, dating should be different for the kids. Should be different for the kids. Because dad is going to say, who are you going with? When are you coming back home? Who's going to be there? It shouldn't only be mom that asks those questions. And if it's mom asking questions, you ain't doing your job. Because we're protectors. See, we're protectors. And so we've got to be asking those types of questions. Can I get an amen on that? So, men, you got to rise up. You got to ask those questions. You got to be a protector, okay? You got to be concerned about your well being and the family's well being, okay? Here's the other thing you got to protect your, your family and your kids from worldly influences. Amen? You got to protect them from that. You got to keep them out. So, so you know, beer don't come in the house, mijo. I don't drink it and neither should you. So we keeping that out. Why are we doing that? I'm protecting my family. Amen? No, no, no. We don't gather together and watch them kind of movies. Well, why, Dad? Uh, Johnny saw it. Susie watched it last week. So y'all can't relate. Okay, Hector was watching it. Arisela saw it. Is that better? better? Okay. But I'm a father. And I don't want those influences in your life. So I check your phone. And I want to know what you was watching on YouTube. And I want to know why your search history is deleted. <laughs> There's only one reason to delete the search history. Only one reason. Oh, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't realize I did it. I just... <laughs> a father looks for those things. Because I'm a protector. See, we don't think about protecting them from those things, okay? But your, your kid is most likely to get defiled by something they see on the iPad or phone than them getting jumped. You're just concerned about them getting jumped, but you need to get concerned with them getting jumped in the spirit. Who you texting, Miha? I don't know her. Let me see them texts. Dad, you just don't trust me. 
You're darn right I don't trust you. I don't trust myself. <laughs> the Bible says don't put any trust in the flesh. Amen? And it's our job to protect our kids. It's our job to get in there and be protectors in that way. Are you tracking with me today? Now, sons and daughters, I know it's not fun. It's not fun to have somebody protecting you. And there are times, sons and daughters, we can be overprotective. But that is only coming from a place of love. That's only coming from a place of wanting to make sure you make the best decisions you can possibly make. Because sons and daughters, understand this. Your brain is not fully developed until you are around the age of 25. So you walking around, hello, with an underdeveloped brain. Some of y'all on 15%. You need some help. It's all right. You ain't there yet. You need a little bit of help. You need some judgment. That's why there are laws that you're not supposed to drink until age of what? Who says 16 over here? Who is that? 21. You're not supposed to get a tattoo until you're 18. Because you ever see a 13-year-old want to get a tattoo right here on the middle of his face? They ain't thinking, how am I going to get a job with that on there? So you just need a little bit of help. Amen? And so my teenagers, let me help you. Let me just help you. Y'all frustrated about mom and dad. Always in my business. First of all, you ain't got no business. You don't have your business yet. Until you got some money coming in. And it's paying for the house you're living under. Your business is my business. It don't become your business until you move out. Can I get a good strong amen here? My kids all mad at me today. Dad, I ain't talking to you today. No, no, no. They wouldn't do me like that. So, so, So let me help you some more. Let's keep going. So we're supposed to protect them from worldly influence. We protect them from the enemy. From fraud, from foolishness, the lies of the enemy. We're supposed to be protecting them with all this. But see, so many men, you ain't ready to protect nobody because we don't know and understand what our weapons are. The Bible tells us in Ephesians what our weapons are. You know, your weapon is called a sword of the spirit, which Ephesians chapter six tells you is the word of God. The word in my life helps me protect my family. Because our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and powers. You can't fight them with your biceps. You can't fight them with your money. You can't fight them with nothing but God's word. And so men got to get armed with God's word. The other thing men got to be armed with is their shield of faith, which faith speaks into the destiny of your kid. Faith sees a winner when he's acting like a loser. A lot of men need faith because you give up hope too fast on your kids. Oh, man, my son is so, you know, I've heard it. I've heard the talks. Yeah, my, my son, he, he ain't too bright. He ain't too bright. I'm just hoping he don't kill himself by the time he's 18. You need some faith. That's why he don't want to be around you. He should, he, when he gets in the presence of a father, he's encouraged. I've been blown away seeing the encouragement. We break up into groups at our King's Men's meetings, and I'm, I always take a temperature of the room, and I always see the older cats speaking in to the younger ones. And they're saying, no, 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 don't do it like I did. 
I always see it in the room, and, 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 and I'm always praying for the younger guys. I go, oh, I hope these guys don't feel like they're getting picked on or singled out. It's love. It's just love. It's the nature of a father to want to get in there and protect. Can I get an amen? amen? So young ladies, when you bring a dude home and Papa don't like him, you got to ask yourself why. If Papa is the protector, if he cares about your well-being, you've got to care about what Papa thinks. Amen? Are you guys with me on this? Ain't, well, not so many people. I don't know where I want to do with you. All right, let's keep going, okay? Another thing as a protector, a protector means this. We take the hits first. We take the hits first. Before anything hits my family, it hits me first. It'll hit me through a thought. It'll hit me through pressure. It'll hit me through words of the enemy. How y'all going to make it? How you going to get to that next level? How's this going to happen? How you going to get them to college? How you going to do this? It hits me first. But that's what we are. We're men. But men face those things. We don't run from those things. A lot of guys run from those things. We live in a society right now where men many times are weaker than women. And I'm not talking about natural strength. I'm talking about mental strength. And that's why we see the suicide rate the way it is. We've got to learn that as a protector, we take the hits first. But here's the problem with that. We don't value protectors until they're gone. Amen? What am I talking about? Well, think about this room right here. This room is providing us protection. But there wasn't a single one of you that came into this room the first time you came in and thought, Wow, check out that beam up there that is protecting us from this entire ceiling, crushing us. That is an amazing beam. Nobody came in there taking selfies in front of the beam. Hey, check out this beam. This beam is awesome. Nobody does that. We take pictures of the stage. We take pictures of each other, you know, because see, and that's many times what being a father is like. You walk into a family, fathers aren't really celebrated. And for the most part, we're cool. That's cool. We don't need it. We don't, we don't need it. Celebrate mama. Let's do those things there. The kids, let's do that. But what we got to understand is the most important thing in the room is that structure because without it, we're dead. The walls, same thing. We're cool in here, but we take out that wall right there. Guess what we're going to begin to feel? The heat, or maybe today, the cold, the air, the breeze, birds flying in here, little rats. No, 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 no. I hope there's no rats around here. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's a protection that we don't appreciate till it's gone. That's a problem. That's a problem. But that's sad the way it is many times with a protector, okay? So what we've got to do about that is we've got to change that, and we've got to begin to appreciate the things about our fathers that we let go. I mean, to be honest, I didn't gain appreciation for my dad till I moved out. I really didn't. Man, when I moved away and then when I got married, I started going back up. My dad was a genius, you know? And my dad wasn't perfect. He didn't do a lot of things right. But man, he did some things very right. And so dads, one day, one day you'll get yours, you know? Right now, mom is everything. But when they move away, and they have their own kids, then they'll appreciate you. And then many times that is what happens. Amen? So fellas, hang in there. Your time's coming. Amen. All right, number two, what else is a father besides a protector? He is a provider. He's a provider. Now, the first thing we think about when we think of provider is we think about money. Money's a part of it, but money ain't all of it. Amen? 
Money ain't all of it. You know what you need to provide? Your presence needs to be evident in your family's life. Provide presence. And we talked about that with our Kingsmen this past Friday. It was a powerful time. But there are other things you provide other than money. How about wisdom? Fathers need to provide wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is uh, learning through others' experiences. I had one guy tell me one time, well, you know, Pastor, the thing about it is I'm just one of those guys that has to learn on my own. And I didn't say this, but I thought to myself, oh, you one of those guys that's dumb. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Because there's a ton of things we learn through others' experiences, right? Like, mijo, don't stick anything in the electrical outlet. Why? Because you'll die. That was all I needed to hear. Amen? Never tried it after that. But thank God I won these guys that goes, I got to learn that for myself. Because <laughs> I wouldn't be here today. See, so we've got to let go of that philosophy and understand the greatest way to learn is through the wisdom and experiences of others. So tell me what to do. Tell me the wrong way. Show me the right way. Amen? That's what a father does. And as a son and a daughter... You need to learn how to value that. You need to learn that if you have that, you are ahead of the game. Because there's many of us that didn't have that. And a father needs to provide that kind of wisdom. Amen? A father should also provide friendship. Friendship. You know you should be friends with your kids? Now, not primarily, but at some point, my relationship with my son changed from me just being his dad to me liking to hang out with him in a different way. And as he gets older, that friendship will have to increase because I just can't be over him. Amen? Or else he's just going to be like, I need a break, Dad. You're always telling me what to do. You're always, you know, on me. You're always correcting me. You're always doing that. Right now, son, we got to keep that going a little longer, but we will get to the place where that is not happening as much, where then I begin to provide more of friendship. Amen. And, and we have those times. And, 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 you know, as we plan our vacation every year, my wife and I get so giddy about just getting our kids to ourselves because we love them. We love them, not just as our kids, but as our friends in that way. And as they get older, that increases. But fathers, many fathers don't even think about providing that aspect for their kids. What's another thing they're supposed to provide? How about counsel? How about perspective? How about experience? How about insight? That's what we do. We provide. But here's the thing. If you're going to be a father that provides, you got to have a giving spirit. There's nothing worse than a stingy man. And everybody said it's a good place for the ladies to say amen as they give up right there to their husband. There's nothing worse than a stingy man. I'm not saying you be irresponsible with things. Amen. But stinginess should not be a part of our nature. Why? Because we come from God and God so loved that he gave. God's a giver. He's a rewarder. So I need to be that same way. Amen? So we need to have a giving spirit. Be careful. Listen, those of you single ladies, don't date a stingy dude. Don't date someone that's stingy. He ain't a father. Don't be stingy, okay? And watch out for these cats that got you paying for everything. Watch out for that. Oh, baby, you know, I'm just in a tough spot right now. Well, when you get in a good spot, you call me up. When you get out of that tight spot, we'll get together. But you know, it takes a strong woman to say that. A weak woman, this ain't even Father's Day. Look at what y'all making me talk about today. 
A weak woman, oh, it's okay, baby. Here, here's all my money. That's a weak woman who desires love so much she forgets who she is. Let's get back to men here. Amen. And about you ladies today. Amen. Y'all making me talk to y'all today. Not as joking. Okay, so what else does a father provide? A father provides a sense of identity. You know how you learn how to be a man? You're supposed to learn how to be a man by watching your dad. Some of us, we didn't have that experience. We didn't want to be like our dads. Our dad was a bad example. He was drunk all the time. He was angry, beat our mom. Yeah, forget that. Don't go after that. But go after the godly men. And that's why we do Kingsmen on those Friday nights, because we want our young men to see not only one father, but a room full of them. And we ain't perfect but we can get together and we can encourage each other and we can be an example because a father has to provide that sense of identity. There was one big reason why I never did drugs and I never got into alcohol and stuff as a young man, even though all my friends and stuff were doing it, is because I didn't want to come home and face my father because my father would tell me all my upbringing, son, that's not who we are. We don't drink in this house. We don't smoke. We don't do that kind of stuff. And even though I was out tipping and tapping out there and, hey, going, I never got into that world because even in my rebellion, I had a sense of who I was. That's what a father can do. Fathers, you got to provide that. You got to deal with the issues of your life so that when your son is growing up, he knows what a man is supposed to look like and how a man is supposed to act. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, let's keep moving. I'm almost done here. All right, number three. Another thing a, a father is, a father should be a praiser and a promoter. A praiser and a promoter. And this is important because for some of us, this doesn't come naturally. Some fathers only like to correct and teach. But a father has to learn how to praise. He's got to learn how to be about encouraging and not discouraging. And it's a struggle for a lot of us. If you didn't have that growing up, it's, it has to be a learned thing. My father wasn't a man of very many words, so I've had to learn how to be an encourager. I've had to learn. Sometimes my wife will come in and say, hey, babe, you need to go say this to them. You need to go do that. And, I, and, and she's right. And there's times I go, okay, yeah, I got I to go do that. Because it didn't come naturally because I didn't maybe have that. But this thing of you thinking that because you didn't have something, you can't be that or give it out, you got to get over that. Amen? Because there's other ways. There's a ton of stuff that I give my kids that I didn't get from my growing up. Why? But I pursued it. So don't let that ever be an excuse. Well, I just didn't have that growing up. Well, get it somewhere else. Amen? Get it from God who supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. So fathers got to be praisers and promoters, understanding this. That's why you got you to marry somebody that's a father, because he understands it's not about him. Remember, men give, boys take. Men give, boys take. So we give praise. We give these things. They understand it's not all about me. It's about everybody else in the family as well. We've got to be praisers. See, you've got to understand, dads, how important your words are. That's a problem today. Most men don't understand how important their words are. And the other problem is in marriages many times, women won't let the man talk. And you might say, well, how could a woman keep a man from talking? If he wants to talk, he could talk. Emotional manipulation will keep your man from speaking. If every time he speaks, you blow up and get all mad, guess what he's going to do? Stop speaking. Guess who suffers when a man stops speaking? The entire family. So we've got many, uh, many of us grew up in households full of manipulation. 
which another word for manipulation in the Bible is control, which also means witchcraft. And there's a problem in our families today when men don't speak. There's nothing worse than a silent man. And some of us were raised by silent men. That's a problem. Men, if you're silent, find your voice. Because it was a silent man that drew mankind in the Garden of Eden into the dumps. Because when Eve said to Adam, hey, try this fruit, he said nothing. Now, let's think about that. Why didn't he say anything? Could it be him and Eve got in an argument earlier in that day? Could it be that earlier Eve blew his hair back, called him stupid? And here comes Eve now. Hey, try this fruit. He's thinking, man, we ain't supposed to eat that fruit. But if I say something, if I disagree with her, I ain't going to get no sleep tonight. Give me that fruit. (laughs) Mankind goes down. And that is the hood version. (laughs) But we see this all the time. Ladies, you got to get healed up. It shouldn't be that when there's disagreements in the home, you don't know how to disagree like an adult. You still disagreeing like you in first grade. No, it's mine. I want it. You're stupid. That's how first graders argue. Amen. Adults can sit down and have a conversation about it. But did you know when you're hurt in life, a hurt can freeze you at the age you were hurt at? When you don't heal and you don't address problems, the age you were at when you got healed is the age you stay emotionally. So this is why we've got people who were hurt as children that when they're upset, they revert back to that and they get hurt in their marriage. And now they got a man in their life and they speak to him like they're in first grade. So you know what a man will do in that situation? Most men will shut down. And you think you won. That's the deception of the whole thing. You think you won because you got him to be quiet. Yeah, good. Shut up. Let me run this thing. So you think you won, but you really lost. And guess where you'll see the loss in? You won't experience it in your life. You'll experience it in your kid's life. Your kids will pay the price for you needing to be in control, ladies. See it all the time. Look around your communities. Look around. You'll see it. And when a man loses his voice, he dies. Because think about how man was created in the Garden of Eden. What was Adam's job? Whatever he saw something, whatever he called it, it was. Adam is a speaking spirit. Man is a speaking spirit. Man has the ability to speak and his voice changes things. And you just took his voice because you want to be right. Because you ain't healed up from something that your daddy did to you. Your husband didn't do that to you. Your daddy did it. Don't make your husband pay for something he didn't do to you. Is this helping anybody today? Come on, give God a good praise clap. So fathers got to use their voice in praise. Son, you're awesome. Miha, you're beautiful. You look so gorgeous today. Son, you can do it. You're smart. I believe in you. Those things are so valuable. You know how many of us in this room would love to go back in time and hear our parents say those things? And some of us have the opportunity right now to speak those things into our kids. We have to take advantage of that. I want to challenge you guys. I I feel this. If some of you have silenced the men in your life, take the muzzle off them. Give them the opportunity to speak. The home will be better. And you say, well, pastor, that's easy for you to say, but you don't know how dumb my husband is. (laughs) If I let him say that, he'll be cussing, da, da, da. Listen, I understand there's levels to this thing. 
But if you don't encourage that man, you're going to be for the worst. Yeah, but he's dumb. Well, what does that say about you? Because you married him. You know what that says? I'm going to keep going. Amen. <laughs> so, so the last thing here that a man has to be, and there's so many more qualities and characteristics to this thing. Just giving you four today. The last thing is that he must be a man of prayer. Must be a man of prayer. There's something about when men pray. Don't get me wrong. Women, women's prayers, most of us are here because of grandma's prayers, mom's prayers. Okay. But it's been designed that when a man prays, there's an authority in the man. And I know, I hope nobody leaves here thinking, I'm, I'm speaking to roles, not at positionally, not that one's better than the other. I, you guys know I, I, how, how strong I believe in women. In a perfect world, the woman was the answer to a perfect world. You know, God himself said, I'm not enough for you, Adam. Here's a woman. God himself thought that. So we already know women are awesome. Amen. And this ain't your day today. So, you know. But it's men. It's men. You got to know how awesome you are. And for many men, we're, we, we leave prayer to the woman. Like, that's mama's job. Mama will pray for you. Grandma will pray for you. But men, part of your identity is to be that person that goes before God on behalf of the family. That's it. Now, I know there's men here going, but dang, pastor, you don't know. I struggle. I got impure thoughts. I'm dealing with this, and I'm so angry, and da-da-da. That's why I love 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. Put that on the screen there for me real quick. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I love this scripture because it says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, just humble yourselves and pray and seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive your sin, and I'll hear your land, heal your land. What is he saying here? He's saying, man, just come to me. Don't worry about your sin. I'll take care of your sin. Don't worry about the struggle with the porn thing and the thing you're dealing with and the impure thoughts. Don't worry about that. Just come to me. Come to me first, and I'll forgive that. And then when I forgive it, I'll heal it. And you'll be free from it. But you first got to come to him. Just, just come to him. See, we, we, men, we're, we're waiting for everything to be perfect before we approach God. No, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, just come. Just humble yourself. I know you, I know you got your struggles. I know there's things you're doing you, nobody knows about. But man, just become a man of prayer and watch what I do. Because it's that first act of prayer that will then get you to turn from your wicked ways. Prayer empowers you to turn from wickedness. Without prayer, it's no wonder you can't shake that addiction. It's no wonder you can't change. It's no wonder you're not nice. You're stressed out. You're all that. The key to this thing is prayer. But the reason most men don't pray is we don't feel good enough. We feel like, dang, man, I just feel like God's going to come down on me. He ain't. He just wants your presence. Your heavenly father is just like the old dad who sits at home waiting for his kids to come by. Just waiting. And when the kids come by, you know, the viejitos are just, oh, you're here. Come on in. I got, I got frijoles on the, on the pot there. Just come on in. And, and you, I got some cake that bust out the frozen entomans in the freezer. 
and it's ready for you right there. Amen. And, and, and I remember every time I go to my grandma's house, it would just be ready to go, ready to go. Why? Because it was just happy to see the family there. Do you know your heavenly father is the same way? It's the exact same way. Men, we've got to pray. Just pray. I know what you're dealing with. I know you, I know you feel like, you know, the world's against you, but just go to God and pray. Yeah, but pastor, there's this, there's that. Don't worry about it. He's basically saying, I'll take care of all that. Just come to me. Men, we have to be men of prayer. Amen. We've got to just bow our head, hit our knees, come before God and pray for our families, pray for our wives, pray for the grandkids, take up that mantle, men, and be a father in prayer. Amen. Praise God. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.